Hi, this is Annie Fox for Family Confidential, Secrets of Successful Parenting. My guest today is Sharon Silver. Sharon is a parenting coach and the author of Stop Reacting and Start Responding. Hi, Sharon. Welcome to Family Confidential. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, you know, you and I go back a long way, and we've never done this, though we've had some amazing conversations in cafes that I wish were recorded. <laughs> so this is the one. Okay. Um, tell us about your approach to parenting. I know that um, you've done a lot of coursework. You are a writer. Um, you're a parenting coach. Um, if you could put it in a nutshell, how would you describe your approach? You know, I would say that my approach is to really make parents aware of the fact that yelling ends up creating the illusion that you're actually stopping misbehavior. Ha! Wait a minute, wait a minute. My mom yelled a lot. <laughs> <laughs> she yelled at my brothers who were a handful. And, um, you know, sometimes when I got sassy, she yelled at me. So you're saying don't bother with the yelling? I'm saying that it isn't doing what you think it's doing. It's not as fruitful as you would hope it would be and that it's really not our job and that there's a lot of reasons why you're yelling and we can talk about those, but there are a lot of reasons why you're yelling instead of responding, which is teaching. Okay, let's talk about reasons that parents lose it and yell. <laughs> well, you know, I would say that one of the biggest reasons is frustration. And there's a misunderstanding about what frustration really, really is. Hmm. Frustration. Let me think. Let me think. Okay. Um, frustration is me not getting what I want in terms of behavior from my child. Um, yeah, but frustration is also really clearly, it, it's, it's kind of like, um, you're reacting to your child's frustration. Your child is frustrated because his needs are not being met. Oh. So it's cyclical. So you think that you're just frustrated with misbehavior, but actually it's a chain reaction. You're, it's almost like biofeedbacking off your child's frustration. Oh, so it's a frustration on top of frustration. Mm -hmm. It really is. Oh, that doesn't um, sound good. No, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> so really what you're looking to do is you want to resp respond to the source of the feelings. You want to focus on what's causing my child to be frustrated. And that requires self-control on your part and being able to look at, well, what are the needs that are not being met? Okay, so let's do a scenario here. Um, I'm, this is one of my favorites. I'm at the checkout counter in the supermarket. Um, I've had a long day. Just picked up my kid at school. He's had a long day. He's hungry. Um, I just want to get home and the shopping was not going well. But here we are and there's some impulse items right there, right by the cashier. And he's hungry, um, and he starts grabbing stuff. That I, it's it's crap. I don't want him to eat it. I certainly don't want him to eat it before yeah. dinner. Yeah. So um, I feel like yelling. Well, the thing you have to do is you have to acknowledge the fact that the child is hungry. You want to look at the situation and offer choices that are totally in agreement with your values, what you want to see happen. And you simply stay silent and repeat that. You can have the granola bar, you can wait until we get home. You can have the granola bar or the bag of nuts. You don't even acknowledge that the child has the candy because it's a given. The child knows better. So just go for the choice that you want to focus on and then be silent. Your silence is the most powerful responding tool that you have. Ooh, that's good. So it seems to me in situations like this, if my kid knows me well and has been shopping with me before yeah. and... um. I have 
given in to these yeah. impulse things in the past, then he's just going to keep badgering me until I he wears me down and I end up giving him not the granola bar, <laughs> but the much worse thing um, that I really don't want him to eat. But yeah. you say my silence. My silence is very powerful. Well, the thing is that your child only has a few resources. Those resources are to badger you, bug you, scream. And if you really understand what is going on here, that your child is missing skills, those skills are skills you need to teach them. And due to early childhood development or whatever's going on, the day was terrible, I'm hungry, you're hungry, all of those things are, as are accessing his immature reasoning. So you use your silence to center yourself, to bring yourself back to a place where you can access your thinking again. If you get engaged with him, now you're off in that vicious cycle and you're, re you're reacting, you're not responding, and you're going, I'm not buying you that candy. Are you insane? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this, this sounds great. And, um, you know, in, in the airplanes, before you take off, they say put on your own oxygen mask yeah. first in case of an emergency. Um, as, as a family coach, I'm sure it's, it's really easy for you mm -hmm. to say, um, this is what you should do in this situation. And uh -huh. there, there is mom or dad in the therapy session, um, saying, yeah, okay, next time I'm going to do that. But next time happens and then you add all the human factors, which also in, in addition to stress from hunger and a tired day, you've got other parents watching you in the checkout line. Oh, yes. Well, you know, the other parents have got a great thing to say because, first of all, who cares what they say, but we all care what they say. Mm -hmm. So what, what really, if you understand what the parents are looking at you, what it is that they're trying to do is they want to know, are you really going to handle this? So I have a great comeback line. You just okay. look them in the eye, you smile and say, we're having a moment. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a moment. We're having a moment. And that tells the other people around you, I am absolutely taking care of it in the way that I choose to take care of it. Take your eyes off. All is really good. And then take a really deep breath. So, you know, silence and your, your breathing are your emotional clues. See, your emotions live in your body and your reactions live in your body. So you want to try and use your mind and your responding to activate a way to control that, or it's going to run over you. So the bottom line is you take a breath and you remain silent. Where did we get the idea that we have to respond to our child's reaction? Mm. We, we can be silent. It is hugely powerful. Take a deep breath, not upper lung breathing, but the kind of belly breathing that pushes out all the air and really accesses your diaphragm. You can also ask your child to do that, but they don't understand deep breathing. So what you want to do is ask them, take a deep breath, like blowing out the candles. Have you ever seen a little kid blow out candles? Mm -hmm. They suck up all the oxygen in the room and then they blow it out. So you're really asking the oxygen to work for you instead of it has to be deep, calm breathing. Suck in those candles, blow out those candles. You know, give them some fun. Let them have that image and it shifts them. It brings them back to themselves. And now you have something to work with. This sounds very doable. Yes. And uh, fun for the child. And I'm sure with a very little bit of repetition, the child knows yeah. on cue 
how to get themselves back in control. And then I say that the the um, triggers that used to make us nuts and want to yell, then also are reminders for us, oh, this is that time. Right. And so it, it's all kind of like, a, it's, it's in a way a feedback loop for ourselves as well. Well, I think the thing that we get trapped into, especially with the internet, is that we want to get into the theoretical stuff behind all the parenting. But we forget that's for our mind. That's for our understanding. We're dealing with the child. So I've really focused on how do I make it simple? How do I make it really basic? Or as I've come to know, how do I make it at kindergarten level? Because the emotions are at kindergarten kindergarten level, the basic, they're basic for the child. But if you deal with your emotions, your emotions are at kindergarten level too. <laughs> I don't point. like that. I'm frustrated. <laughs> I'm tired. I don't want to play this game anymore. So I really work very, very hard to make sure that all my tips are at a basic level. It's not as easy as you think, but it activates a child's play. It bypasses your mind. It goes directly to where the emotions are. And now you have some success. Great. And then later when you're out of the supermarket and you're home and everyone's yeah. been fed and you know, then maybe we can have a conversation about right. what happened. That's when you take the time. The talking <clears throat> doesn't happen when the emotions are present. The talking comes later when I've regained my brain. We've had some food. You're in my lap. We've reconnected. And now we can talk about that was not the best choice, was it? <laughs> Okay, now um, this all sounds great, and I'm picturing the child in your lap to be between the ages of five and seven. What happens when the kid is literally too big for your lap and maybe um, not interested in letting go of those emotions, um, maybe because they're so big, right? Um, and there's this power struggle in place? And, of course, we're talking about tweens and teens. Yes. Um, at that point, you can do a lot of touching the body, touching the arm. But also when you have a tween and a teen, you have to be able to include in your teaching the recognition that they have a right to be where they are. And that is part of the teaching. Oh, tell me more about that. If they want to be upset, you allow them to have that. I hand back their aggravation. I don't engage with their aggravation. And by not engaging with their aggravation and they're attempting to get me into a power struggle, I'm modeling for them calm. And I'm modeling for them, I'm not engaging. So I'm telling you, this is how you do it. Because as parents, we inadvertently have taught our children by getting in a power struggle with them, this is how you handle these kinds of conflict resolutions. We don't want to do that. We want to model for them and use the opportunity to teach. I'm not engaging. Sweetie, if you want to be angry, that is totally up to you. Maybe you want to come back when you're not so angry. I'm right here. Now, I think it's important, though, that in their stormy feelings that we set some boundaries to what is appropriate and what is not appropriate. I remember when when my kids were teenagers, and look, I survived. Me too. <laughs> you too, right? Too. Um, there, there were times when their language was inappropriate, um, and the idea of saying, it's fine for you to be angry. It is not fine for you to talk to me this way. Exactly. And I have two magic words that are just perfect to stop that disrespect and stop that anger. Okay. And the magic words are, try again. So mm -hmm. I use, I drop my voice as women. We drop our voice a register. We get in the center of our being and we say, try 
again. And then we're silent. And the goal here is to send the message, I'm going to handle this right in the moment. Now the moment is frozen. You're not going anywhere. I will not tolerate your disrespect. And I will handle it in the moment. I'm asking you to redirect yourself. Try again. If we really want our kids to stop being disrespectful, we really have to hold the bar, raise the bar and handle it in the moment. And those two words do that brilliantly. Sharon, this is great stuff. I could have used this 15 years ago. <laughs> uh, I did with my kids and it works really well. The thing that works really brilliantly about this is that it works for all ages and it continues to work into their early adulthood. <laughs> Fabulous. We only have a couple more minutes. Just flew by. Um, and I want to give you an opportunity to let our listeners and viewers know where they can find out more about your amazing work. Well, they can go to proactiveparenting.com. I have a book called Stop Reacting and Start Responding that really takes all the daily things that you're facing and helps you to respond instead of react. Fantastic. Thank you so much for these tips. They're very doable. And um, we could all use with a lot less yelling and a lot yeah. more responsive parenting. Yeah, absolutely. Remember, we're teaching our kids. Good point. Thanks, Sharon. And um, I look forward to our next conversation. Absolutely. This is Annie Fox for Family Confidential. To learn more about my work with tweens, teens, and parents, visit AnnieFox.com. And check out my new book, the girls' Q&A book on friendship, 50 Ways to Fix a Friendship Without the Drama. Please tune in next week when my guest will be Liz Walker. Liz is the national director and founder of Australia's Youth Wellbeing Project. Youth Wellbeing Project has been positively impacting youth sexuality and well-being since 2008. Until next time, happy parenting. <music>